Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 327 of the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Steve Say. Joining me this week is Mr. Bob Ryer. Yeah, I'm going to quote a character from one of our later books and say it was a dark and stormy night. And <laughs> Jessica is in the house. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> See, already recapturing that magic. Here's the deal, everybody. <laughs> um, we've already recorded a portion of this show and lost it. So, <laughs> if we were punchy on that recording, which we were, we are even punchier now. So, welcome to Thunderdome. <laughs> uh, we have a very packed show for you this week, including, but not limited to, Justice League The Drinking Game. It is a thing. Bob's magical adventures in comic book land while meeting comic book royalty. Lightning round stuff. What else have we got here? Um, some news. And news. Dun, 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 dun. Image had, uh, out, of, out of nowhere, had a comic expo. Image Expo 2018 announcements were revealed. Stealth. What? They're stealthy, those guys. They, yeah, I'm telling Very you, stealthy. snuck it in there. I yeah. didn't even know that that was happening, and then all of a sudden, I saw people being like, "Oh my god, like look at all the crazy things coming out of Image Expo!" I'm like what? And lo and behold, there's tons of amazing books supposedly coming from Image, like from now until the end of the year. So we will definitely talk about a couple of those. So. Let's just kick it right off because we got some ground to cover. I am going to tell you all about the Justice League drinking game. It is a fantastic game, though you must exercise with caution because things can get mighty sloppy mighty quick. Mm. Um, <laughs> we play the Justice League drinking game with my friend Brad, uh, Bronwyn and I. He came over on Friday night and we decided, hey... It don't matter how old we're getting. Let's uh, let's crack open several beers or what have you and just start chugging. So here are the rules for the Justice League drinking game. You have to drink when anyone says Steppenwolf. 
anyone <laughs> says or you see boxes. This one is a killer. Trust yeah. me. Uh, superhero first names, either Diana, Bruce, or Victor, and so on. Um, what about Martha? <laughs> I don't know if Martha's uh, name. She probably fair. was in there somewhere. They snuck it I in. But um, no, we actually included like characters that were not in the movie but were named that happens every now and again so things got uh things got a little gross so okay uh next rule uh anytime a character is introduced to the movie and that includes uh characters like uh ma kent and gordon and so on and so forth and even some of you know lesser known characters because why not um anytime there's a reference to superman this one oh. You can stop once he's resurrected. After that, you're cool. That's fair. Yes. That's a fair rule. Um, anytime there's slow motion. <laughs> so, again, again, one that you would think would be absolutely ridiculous. It wasn't. It really wasn't. It was less than 10 times for slow motion. Um, and then the last one is anytime there's an unnecessary shot of Diana's behind. Well. Yes. Again. <laughs> Not as many as you'd think, but four is is more than than we need. And those. And four, I'd also say, go ahead. I'm just saying those the four shots, like, and I do like I was not looking for this stuff the first time. For me, like Gal's performance is so commanding as Wonder Woman that I was not looking. I was looking at her, like you know what I mean. Like I was looking right. at, at her dominance get, on the screen. I wasn't looking for her ass this time. We were. Well, Zack Snyder was apparently, yeah. But um, so you, someone else was looking for that ass. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I I put an addendum to the drinking game. That shot of her meeting Cyborg on the sidewalk. You should have to start with it with a pint of beer and chug it as long as they're lingering on shots of her high heeled boots, her legs, and her tuchus. Well, trust me. Should have to just chug a whole beer or two. Well, that's going on. I'm saying between between Brad and I keeping our eyes open, but we had Bronwyn who was on like princess ass patrol. Like, she was, <laughs> you know, she was calling it out whenever it happened. And okay. like by the end of the movie, we looked around the room and we were like, wait a minute. Like we really didn't drink for as much as we thought we would with that one. So, you know, not the best, but at least, you know, not as bad as we had thought. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Um, the mother boxes one was a killer. That is, that will put you in the hospital, that one. It's, uh, and you got to do it every time. You can't cheat. People, somebody kept trying to go to the bathroom, like, a couple times during the movie, and whoever was left down in the, in the living room watching it was, was keeping track. So when whoever, when they came back down the stairs, was like, yup, you got three, go for it. (laughs) So, um, yeah, and, uh, you know, I am 37 years old. I, I don't, first of all, I don't drink. I, I do drink, but I don't drink like that. You know, I'll have a drink at dinner. I'll, I'll order something when we're out, like an old fashioned or whatever. But then like after one or two, I'm done and I'm good for the night. So pounding like three to four craft beers in a two hour process was a bit of a killer uh, for me, especially with all my stomach issues. Not probably the smartest thing in the world for uh, for me to be doing, but I was feeling saucy. And there you um, go. I did not have a hangover, so huzzah for that. And uh, everybody lived. So I call that a win. That's good to know. That's, that's, that's always a plus when uh, everybody lives. Yeah. Yeah. Super quick, as far as the movie is concerned, I had a really, really, really good time. 
We had all kinds of comedy gold in the previous uh, recordings, so I'm sorry if this conversation doesn't go that way. <laughs> but boy, oh boy, when you're watching Justice League on a 4K screen in the privacy of your own home, boy, do you ever see like the special effects and and how how unbelievably like CGI Terrible. fake <laughs> so much of the movie is it's so it's so distracting and so disappointing it's like i'm looking at at uh cyborg and like he's in the window and it's raining and he's like contemplating his life now and i'm looking i'm like i paused it i'm like are those bricks completely flat like it's just this like <laughs> yes, ramshackle yes, <laughs> window it's like an Ed Wood movie, right? Yeah. With CGI. <laughs> and like, and that's fine. Like when you're watching it on the big screen, like I don't remember noticing that kind of stuff too badly. But at like when we watched the second time around, it was so, it was all over the place. It was like so blatant. And uh, like I ultimately, I don't care. Like I still had a uh -huh. lot of fun watching the movie. I still think it's a decent movie. I don't. It's not the the Justice League movie I envisioned when I was a kid or anything like that, but it's fine. So <laughs> I just, but it's fine. It's fine. It's all right. It's, it's all good. Right. No, it's good. Look, yeah. I had, I had a lot of fun watching it the first time and I had an absolute blast watching it the second time. The alcohol helped, but when you watch a movie in good company and you're just there to have a good time, it's a, it's a good movie for that kind of thing. And I don't care what anybody says. I flipping love aquaman okay he is so ridiculous i'm with you and i'm looking I'm, forward to james wan's aquaman when that comes out because i don't know I, I i hope i hope that introducing somebody else that's not Zack snyder or or whatever to the dc universe like they did with patty jenkins how she kind of brought something new to the table i'm really hoping that that Wan does that with aquaman so Speaking of this, is off topic. Uh, Joss Whedon is off Batgirl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he couldn't come up with a story. He so, had... I mean, he really go talk to Gail Simone. She'll give you one. Yeah, well, they're actually talking. Well, they're not. They're not. We don't know this, but um, uh, Roxanne Gay actually tweeted at um, WB and said, "If you need a Batgirl story, I've got you know." Oh God, there you go. And there the go. the like the person in charge of wb or at least that like wing or whatever uh -huh. of the creative process was like if you're serious message me and she says i will absolutely message you so there is a chance that they're talking with her or meeting with her and who knows maybe we could find something but the newest thing that i'm hearing about that movie which is really disappointing uh as of today the movie has been kind of tabled uh for the sake of pushing other things out there because they they've been working on Batgirl for a year and they're like back down to zero because we yeah. dropped out. They don't have anything, you know, cooking in, in the pan or anything like that. So it really sucks. I mean, my my personal opinion about it, I really want to see DC and WB and everything a new line and everybody do really well with their stuff. Like I said, I'm looking forward to Aquaman. I want to see them diversify and and hire other people to do these movies like a whedon 
a Batgirl movie, yeah, maybe he could have like recaptured some of the magic that he did in the past with Buffy and Firefly and some of that stuff. And like, he's really great with dialogue and has a history of being good with female characters and stuff. But for me, I don't, I was like, I was optimistic about him doing it, but I don't necessarily want to see him do that movie. Like I really, I want, I want new blood in, in the, the DCEU. I want to see them, really go to bat for for turning their their situation around because they're like the numbers don't lie they, they're not they're not doing well they're floundering right now and they keep losing directors and and writers and people on their films and it's because they don't have their shit together so i don't know i wish them the best of luck because i really want to yep. see oh go ahead jess yeah no I, i'm actually kind of happy they tabled it okay you know what i mean because i'm glad they didn't just push it out you know what I mean? So maybe we'll get a movie that's worth watching instead of like just some pushed out crap that's not, right. you know, that's not good. So maybe it is a good thing that they put it on the table. Maybe another well, year down the road, we'll get somebody that's actually worth, you know, and we'll get a movie that we actually want. Yeah. And good that's, on good on know, Whedon for like for recognizing his, his faults yeah. and saying, I mean, whether there's other news attached to it that we could find out whenever, that's another thing. But um, at least he copped to it and said, you know, look, I don't have what it takes to do this movie and I know how much it means to a lot of people and I don't want to be on I don't want to get the brunt of that when what I have to offer isn't good enough so let somebody else do it yeah yeah <laughs> but it's a shame because you know a lot of other people are attached to that project and when somebody like him drops off it screws things up for other people as well so there's definitely some jobs yeah. that were lost or repurposed or whatever and that really sucks so there's always a lot more going on behind the scenes with, with this type of stuff. It's not as easy as, you know, oh, he's not doing it anymore, so this person's going to do it, and that's it. Like, you have to reorient and, like, steer the ship in another direction entirely to get that stuff done after something like that. But with any luck, they will figure it out, and we will have, uh, you know, lots of, of DC movies to look forward to, including possibly Michael Bay's Lobo which uh, oh. we won't talk about. One of these days. It's, it's <laughs> just they kicked it around one day. It's not really anything. It's not really worth discussing just yet. I mean, if you're going to find somebody to do some ridiculous, bombastic uh, character like that, you could do worse than Bay. I'd watch it. All right. Let's move on. Bob, why don't you, yeah, why don't you bring, some, bring some sunshine into this podcast? <laughs> And uh, <laughs> you had a you had a comic book adventure this past week, and I would love for you to tell everybody about it. Well, last Wednesday for New Comic Book Day, I drove up to Huntington Village, where I grew up many, many, many decades ago, and to Escape Pod Comics, where they were having a signing of the novelist Tamora Pierce, as well as... Ms. Marvel's G. Willow Wilson in a very rare in-store appearance. What, what? Yeah. So I, I had been checking. It was one of these Facebooky events where you were trying to see what the crowd was. You know, that's where it was all listed. So I, I called the store and asked Malcolm, the owner, hey, what's the crowd looking like? He said, well, I don't think we're going to have to uh, ticket people or because we have we're, there's interest, but I, I, I think we'll be okay. Well, it was... Due to start at six, and I left work at five, got there about 10 of, parked way out of town because Huntington gets crazy in the evenings, and walked over to the store. And as I 
near the place. There's a line and it's it's out the front door and it's it's across the front of the restaurant next door. That's what you <laughs> so, want. That's what you want. I I finally about 20 25 minutes later managed my way through the front door and and knock him standing there and goes don't hate me I'm sorry I went, don't apologize this he is great knew. no no <laughs> he was he was he was genuinely pleased with the turnout he He's, knew. He, they do a lot of they do a lot of events they had uh, Stepan and Linda Shage there uh, just before their first New York Comic Con appearance our friend Carolyn Coco was there for her book Superwomen a couple years back so. Uh, managed my way to the front. There are tons of people of every age, and still they'd go to the table, and uh, Miss Wilson would have a conversation with everyone, and everyone's still sort of hanging out and buying books and posters and getting action figures signed. And Steve, as you may remember, when we when I first started reading Ms. Marvel and, and spoke on the show, how it, it hit me in the same way as reading Stanley and Steve Ditko's Spider-Man when it originally came out. And so I mentioned that to, to G. Willow Wilson saying that their Kamala is just so relatable, but has her own specific journey. That's so important to people. And, and she said, well, that's, that's really high praise. Thank you. And talked about uh, Sana Aminat who got this whole thing started. Adrian Alfana, the original artist. And then I mentioned how on last week's show, I talked about the last couple of issues where Kamala is not even appearing, but her friends are going out on patrol and so on. And that her spirit is in every panel of every page, every page. And as she you know, turned to sort of say, thank you, I could swear she was tearing up a little bit. Hmm. I wasn't I wasn't intending that. I, I was, wouldn't but, doubt it. You do have that effect on people. Well, yeah, I, I make a lot of people sad. <laughs> no. You don't make people sad. You make you're no, no. You have a way. You have a certain way with people. You are endearing okay. AF. That is that is what you are. Uh, yes. You know you uh, know how to speechify and get people all gooey. Well, it was it was great to to be able to chat with her and, uh, you know, I we met briefly at a comic con a couple of years ago at, in one of the sort of little ante rooms where. <laughs> Sidebar. No, there's a little sidebar. No, no, I know those rooms as well. I've done a couple of interview in those. Uh, yeah, and those you, nowhere rooms. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was just, it was so many people. It's just about to say thanks, love what you do. And I got to say that again here to just tell her thank you for creating such a special character that means so much to so many people. So, great evening. Well, hot damn. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, it was what we do around here. I think it's time for lightning rounds. Okay. I'm going to get the timer out, Bob. And I'm going to okay. give you <laughs> five what? What's up? Nothing. No, 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 no. Go no. for it. Go. It just, it, every time you're like, I'm getting the timer. <laughs> like, it just cracks me up. I'm sorry. Yeah, you may need it you know, today. I'm I may the, go over. You've got a lot. He's I'm the law around here. I gotta, I gotta keep things ship shape. <laughs> you do. I uh, yeah, sheriff but, badge. Yeah, it's a lightning round old, sheriff. Yeah. I'm running out that old song. Yeah. <laughs> Kill me I now. fought. I fought the law, and the law won. So there <laughs> we go. Okay. Wow. No apologies. No apologies. None. We're we're okay. Five minutes on the clock, Bob, and go. Leading off, uh, this week I read two books by the wondrous Marguerite Bennett. First up is Bombshells United Number 12, uh, a series that's going to be coming to a close, sadly. 
This issue finishes up the Tyrant of Spain arc in a heartbreakingly beautiful way, as many sacrifices need be made to overthrow a dictator. As always with this book, the utter lyricism is Bennett's words as they play across the art, in this case, uh, gorgeous art by Sandy Jarrell. It really elevates this book past its, its high-concept beginnings. Next is Batwoman 12, featuring art by Scott Godlewski, which brings us all the way back around to this series' beginnings, as Kate flashes back to her lost year on the island of Coriana and her time with her love, Sophia. Revelations abound regarding some still tangled mysteries. The story gathers some great momentum from all the issues before and thrust it forward toward what is sure to be an epic confrontation next time out. Mm -hmm. Wonder Woman Conan number six by Gail Simone and Aaron Lepresti finishes up this crossover miniseries in an entertaining and clever way that allows both iconic figures their own in-character moments, while also crafting something magical for the two of them in combination. Uh, Ms. Simona and Mr. Presti also deliver a killer coda that will absolutely have any reader leaving with a huge smile. This is going to make a great trade read, so if anyone's been interested in me yakking about this for the last mm -hmm. six issues, do yourself a favor, since no one can read the regular Wonder Woman series right now, because it's awful. Um... Next up is, I shouldn't say that. If people are enjoying it, enjoy it. I just can't. Next up, two stories that are narrated by the leads, one with the light air of a child's fairy tale, the other bearing the weight of tragic consequences. Oof. First, Luke Cage 170 is a final issue of David F. Walker's run, and it's a great way to close it out as Luke and Danielle uh, engage in some father-daughter story time. It is charming funny, completely heartfelt. You feel as if you're sharing in a really well-earned rest for a character in Luke Cage who's had some rough moments over the last few years, always through the hands of somebody else than Mr. Walker, whose work on this series and Power Man Iron Fist has been exemplary. Uh, very sad to see his time with Luke Cage come to a close, because having spent some time in conversation with him at the last New York Comic Con, I know this series means a lot to him, too, so... Sad to see this go. Loved every minute of this. Finally, there is Thor number 704 by Jason Aaron and Russell Dowderman, about which I can't say too much without spoiling some amazing things. But what I can tell you is it brings much of Jane Foster's backstory into play, including the aftermath of Thor's attempts to have her elevated to godhood back in 1967's issue 136, as well as her, her mother's own death from cancer. I found myself welling up throughout this entire issue as how could I not after this, this is how Jane opens it. My name is Jane Foster. And if this is the story of how I die, uh, then know that it won't end without one hell of a fight. Beautiful. That's it. Is that it? That's it for your lightning round? Yeah. Wow. I got a whole, wow. whole minute and 37 seconds left. Wow. So... You know, you're doing your Owen Wilson impression over there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't, but after you said that, yeah, yeah, I guess wow. I am. Wow. 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 Okay. Did you know there's a mod? There's a mod you can download for World of Warcraft that every time you cast a spell, it just says, wow. Holy it just says, oh, no, Does it say it in an Owen wow. Wilson voice? Yes, yes. It's recordings oh. of him. So it changes your spell cast sounds oh. to just say, wow, wow. Wow. And it's all different wows from him. I need to, like, um, I would make that my text tone, and then I would just, like, quietly text myself stuff in my pocket <laughs> just so I could hear it. 
or like time it perfectly to respond to somebody and just hold it up to their face. Wow. All right. <laughs> Moving right along. Actually, no, I have two comments to make. Uh, oh. Wonder Woman Conan, I have collected all six of that. I was waiting for it to be done. I am super psyched to be uh, to read that. Maybe I'll even get to it this uh, this coming week. And same thing with Luke Cage. I picked up uh, the trades when they were doing that Defenders sale a while ago. And um, I grabbed all those, too. So I'm going to... I've been binging a lot of books lately. That's why a lot of my lightning rounds lately have just been about one or two things. I've been reading a lot of uh, specific titles, which you will find out more about in just a moment. Mm. <laughs> but before that, let's check in with Jessica. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm great. Great. <laughs> Hanging out. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. We've lost it. That's... Yeah, <laughs> this is fun. I know. This is this is what people love. This is the real us. This is this is the real We're us. We're tired. Like We've had you. a long day. <laughs> We've all had very long days, weeks. The weekend is never enough. And um, I could feel I could feel the candle flame flickering. I feel like a <laughs> like an eighties ballad in my whole, in my soul <laughs> right now. Okay, I'm gonna put five minutes on the clock. For myself so i can stop babbling here we go all right cave carson has a cybernetic eye volumes one and two numbers one through twelve written by john rivera and gerard way art by michael avon oming uh colors by nick fulbardi and letters by clem robbins okay just like any other title from the Young Animal imprint, Cave Carson Has a Cybernetic Eye is a bit of a challenge to summarize. In the book, Cave is something of a non-powered spelunking superhero who, with the aid of his daughter Chloe and team of weapons and gadget-ready constituents, digs into the depths of the DC universe using the Mighty Mole, a subterranean vehicle of Cave's own design. Still with me so far? Okay. Yes, you said spelunking, mm. so you had me. Spelunking. spelunking is such a great word. <laughs> great word. Okay. Upon meeting Cave at the start of Volume 1, we find our hero in mourning after suffering the loss of his wife, Mazra. Uh, not, longer, not long after his beloved's funeral service concludes, Cave and his team find themselves engaged in a bizarre mystery that gets weirder with every turn of a new page. Oh, and did I forget to mention that Cave's cybernetic eye is on the fritz, and that's causing him to have mass hallucinations? Da-da-da. I really enjoy digging into this series. The story has a lot of twists and turns to it that each contribute to telling an emotional and psychedelic high-fantasy sci-fi epic. I also thought the characters uh, developed really well as I kept reading. By the time that I had made it to the second volume... I was really invested in who lives and who dies and who becomes corrupted by an unspeakable evil known as the Whisperer who's been hunting Cave and his friends. Dun -dun -dun. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> lots of dun-dun-dun's going on. Well, I admit to uh, never having been an Oming fan in the past, I found that his particular style lent really well to the almost hallucinogenic presentation of Cave's world. There's some really lovely bits peppered throughout the story concerning the different stages of grief as well, which I'd found to be quite moving. And uh, overall, I really enjoyed it a lot. I remember I read the first issue back when Young Animal first started, and I was like, meh. It was like the one that bounced off of me uh, pretty hard. And then upon going back to it, 
I don't know. I, after like being in the Milk War stuff for a while, I just had a completely different outlook on what this imprint is, and I'm I'm running with it. So checking back into Milk Wars, Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye slash swamp thing number one, written by John Rivera, art by Langdon Foss, colors by Nick Fabraldi, letters by Clem Robbins. It's basically the whole team with the exception of Langdon Frost. Foss. 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 Okay. <laughs> Cave. Wow. His daughter Chloe, you love it, and friend Jack are all working as cubicle bound pencil pushers for who I believe is the organization that's been distributing the milk throughout the bizarre young animal event. After complaining about a pretty severe tummy rumbling all morning, Cave literally pukes Swamp Thing into existence. It turns, sure. It, it turns out that the hero who won't abide by any vegetative injustice had been hiding inside Cave's stomach all along uh, before the intrepid adventurer uh, became lost in the Milk Wars dimension. So um, upon teaming up with Swampy, Cave, Chloe, and Jack discover that uh, the company supplying the milk also makes Funko-like figurines who then come to life a la Child's Play with the intent of killing the heroes before they solve the mystery of the milk. Oh, that's frightening. Yes. <laughs> It's really great. It's really great. It's like it's like demonic toys or dolls, that movie from the 80s with the giant teddy bear that kills everybody. Um, it's another insane chapter of what I think has been a spectacularly strange event. Uh, there's Funko Pop figures with razor-sharp teeth, Swamp Things grinding dead bodies into a mulch in order to make bombs. It's a really, it's like, it's total off-the-wall comic book weirdness, and I love it. I, I think it's awesome. Um, yeah, so if you couldn't tell, super enjoyed. I have 34 yeah. seconds left. I also rewatched Thor Ragnarok, and after having an absolutely horrible time uh, in the theater, not the movie's fault, the theater's fault, it was really cool to watch it again and really appreciate it for what it was. I laughed my ass off, had a lot of fun with it, and just all around enjoyed my experience with it a second time around so much more than the first. It's a really good movie. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The environment is a lot for me when it comes uh, to movies. I am strict, you know, going out, going out to the theater for me is a bit of a thing. Cause like if people are talking and stuff, I just, I am not afraid to shush. Yeah. You could talk. No, during I, the, I'm with you. Yeah. Like you talk during the I, coming attractions and the commercials and whatever. And that's, you know, that's fine. But like, once the lights go down and we're getting down to business, you need to wrap it up. Yeah, just shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I feel just wrap it up. I'm with, I, I hate the movie theater, and I have one friend that wants to go to the movie theater all the time with me. She always wants to go see movies with me. And, like, I try to pay attention. I'm taking notes. We come on here and talk about them. And this girl is – I'm like, I can't bring her with me. She's the girl that talks. I hope she's listening to this, too, because she knows <laughs> it's her. And you know I'm shaming you for this. Um, but, oh, wow. yeah, and I'll be like, she's that person. Yeah. <laughs> no, she'd still be my friend. She knows. I tell her this to her face. But she's like the – there's, like, a, a – a, like a – a scene going on it's real quiet and she'll be the person that's like ooh, and you're like sinking down in your seat <laughs> that's okay no no not when she does it she's very loud throughout the entire movie it's 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 like what's happening like i don't oh, know cool. no, it's with no, you, you like you know no you yeah, definitely she, can't do that no. i love her dearly and that's why like, that yeah, like, some, some, like i went to go see black panther and like it was like it was starting in like he's the over the the voiceover is coming in you know like Wakanda blah 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 and dude's just like 
still standing up, still just talking to his friends, like all casual, all like slumped uh, over while standing up, just you know, blah 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 blah. Am I, are you kidding me right now? Sit down, friends. <laughs> like, let's do this. It's Black Panther time. Yeah, I'm a. Sh- I will shush you in yeah, the theater. I am a shusher. Like we don't I need am. to hear about your new sneakers or about your day or whatever. Like. Okay, but my favorite thing though that I heard in a the movie theater. This goes back a long time ago. It's middle eighties, eighty five, eighty six. We're sitting in the uh, my friend from the comic book store from Long Island Comics, and the guy who would start one twelve video. We used to hit movies all the time and crappy ones too. So playing at the Bayshore Theater up on the highway was some Charles Bronson movie. I don't know, The Evil That Men Do or whatever. It doesn't even matter. We're sitting there and they're running the trailers, you know. And a trailer comes on for a movie starring the gymnast Kurt Thomas. He had made this action movie for some, no particularly good reason. So it's that the trailer guy voice and this stupid looking movie is, is playing out in front of it. And the people are sort of laughing in the theater and there's a little bit of stuff going on. And the, the, the voice intones, what do you get when you cro- uh, cross the beauty of gymnastics with the power of karate? <laughs> and from the back of the theater, this lady yells out, pardon me for cussing, bullshit! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she was heckling the screen. That's she amazing. See, that, that's funny, though. That yeah. I would laugh at. That's amusing. That, it's when people just don't one. shut up throughout the entire movie. That's when I want to murder people. Like, no. So, so what you folks need to do is look up the, tra- the trailer on YouTube for Jim Cotta. Jim Cotta? Oh, Jim my God. Jim Cotta. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can play along. You can make that a drinking game. You, too, can yell BS at the screen. <laughs> All right. We've got we've to talk about Batman 41. I'm sitting here thumbing through it. This is a serious comic book, my friends. Yes, it yeah. is. Okay, yeah. Bob, why don't you that, set this up for us so that we can talk about we, it? Okay. We have Batman number 41. It is still Tom King, and this time around, beautiful, beautiful art by Mikhail Yanin, I believe is how we pronounce the Jun Chung on an amazing set of colors. The, yeah. just, mm. uh, as you can tell from the cover, if you're looking at the issue at home, and if not, you should look at it because it's amazing. Poison Ivy is the focus of this issue, and she is in everyone's head, literally. She seems to be in total control of everyone except Bruce and Selina for some reason. Now, Ivy has a plan. She wants to fill the world with love, and through her control of the green, this is not out of the question. And I got to say, I don't want to give too much away, but I found this to be a really intriguing setup with a very creepy mood setting in as we go yeah. as the control starts starts to happen. And the art is just absolutely incredible. And you got a killer cliffhanger, too. What did everybody else think of Batman 41? Uh, Jess, why don't you go first? I like he said, I mean, the art in this is stunning. It's not just good. This is like stunning. There's the center, you know, two page spread of her sitting there in her with her hair like everywhere and crazy and wild. It is really I think I got more distracted by the art than the story. Honestly, I mean, it was it was great. And like you said, Bob, it definitely is setting up this really creepy, this like very creepy thing going on that she's just in everyone's head. I mean, you even have one where, you know, she's in Alfred's head and, Mm -hmm. and you know, like it's a really great setup to what I hope is going to be 
a very good story. I really like Poison Ivy as well. Um, I'm kind of excited to see a lot of the female villains come into mm-hmm. play right now. I'm mm-hmm. I'm really I'm really into that. I told you, you know, I'm into to the Catwoman. You know, I love me some Catwoman, and now they're gonna put in Poison Ivy. I'm there. I'm, yeah. I'm like totally there. I'm sorry, I'm with it. Um, you know, so great story, really suspenseful at the end. Don't want to give anything away, uh, but yeah, you know, it looks to be super awesome and so just really beautiful, really stunningly beautiful. The mm-hmm. art in this is fantastic. So, yeah, hands down, really it's, it's it's one of the most like stunning comics that I've seen so far this year in terms of art. It's really some of these some of these pages are just drop dead gorgeous. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, there's another two page spread early that sort of shows Ivy's control. Yeah. Where the, the panels are divided by vines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. like the, the full, like, this is not giving anything away, but like there's full, like a full splash page of just a close up of her face. Like it looks like a cover of yes. uh, like Glamour or something like that. Um, but there's one later, there's a, a, like a double page spread of her just sitting in this like wicked, wicked throne that she's made of all these vines and flowers and overgrowth. And it's just mm-hmm. incredibly, incredibly cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I, it's funny. Like I, I had genuine chills reading this. There was something about the, the mood of it, the way it was written, the way it looked, it was so vivid and the, the kind of almost like, dream state like uh thing that she's got going on with uh bruce and selena it is just mm-hmm. wild so yeah king's king's run has been so i don't know it's the most we've ever talked about batman on this show i think ever even more so than the snyder stuff oh i believe so yeah you know and uh it's cool like i know that some people have like bronwyn like bronwyn has batman fatigue like she just doesn't want to do anything with batman right now and I, I could I, I could see that, but there's there's this and there's a couple of other things too right now. But this series, like this run, is just keeping me right there with him. It's so good. Yeah, I keep on opening up, being like, "Am I not going to like this one?" And then I'm like, "Nope, yeah. <laughs> still like it. <laughs> I'm still into it." I mean, even like you just open up the first page, the first page of her, like it's just very. I don't know. It's perfect. It's how you envision. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just been excellent. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you on that. And there's Steve. lots of like, there's lots of moving parts to it at this point. I mean, we're up yeah. to issue number forty-one. It's been a while. With them coming out uh, bi-weekly, it's been a really fast delivery of all of this stuff, and it's just been like a ride. Like I, I like I actually like I was excited when a new Batman issue would come out for sure. But with this, it's just it's every other week. I'm like, oh, is it Batman week? Oh, shit, it's Batman week. You know, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I uh, yeah, really good times with Batman number 41. Super, super dug it. There was another really cool uh, Batman related book uh, this week. Bob, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us about that? Well, this one is <clears throat> the first of a six-issue miniseries written and drawn by Liam Sharp, whose work you know from a lot of things, but most recently the Greg Rucka Wonder Woman run. It's the Brave and the Bold Batman and Wonder Woman. Now this, if we talk about gorgeous art, this is another book that you need to take a pass through it after you've read it just to look at the artwork. Mm-hmm. And find all the small details. We are, it's in the presence of something really special going on here. And that's 
on the story as well. We we open on, and I'm going to mangle this. So, uh. <laughs> I, I, our friend Sarah is going to help me out with some recommendations about Celtic mythology, because this book is all about that. We open in Tirnog, the uh, world between worlds, so to speak, and Lord Serunos, who has always done his best to keep the peace. However, unrest is breaking out all over in his land where we have not warring factions, but people with different points of view. I'll just leave it that way. And is a gorgeous setup as this world starts to fracture around him. And there is a problem that needs brokering between these factions. And he travels to our world to find who he believes to be the greatest ambassador for peace and love and all that sort of stuff, and is, of course, Princess Diana of Themyscira. He brings her on board. I will let everyone else chat about this. I'm already rambling too much. He brings her into the fold, brings her back, and they discover there's a murder. Something really rotten in the state of Tirnanog. While this is all going on, back home in Gotham City, in the Irish Quarter, there is something really strange happening as the boundaries between their world and ours are beginning to fray. Mm -hmm. Batman finds himself in the midst of this, too, and he will be much involved later on. So what do everyone else think of Brave and the Bold, number one? Do you have thoughts, Jessica? I did have thoughts. A, again, another really beautiful book. Like, this was another one that's just gorgeous. Like, the art, I'm like, really top-notch, very happy. And the story is very interesting. I'm kind of interested to see where um, this is going to go. I was a little confused going back and forth at first because I was like, am I supposed to know this? Am I, do I, can I, I don't know what that word, you know, like, mm -hmm. like you said, Bob, I can't pronounce that. Like, we'll wait for Sarah. Yeah, <laughs> we'll wait yeah, for Sarah yeah. for that because I'm not going to try to try to butcher that. Um you know, at first I was kind of like, you know, how are how is this connecting with Batman? But then you get to the end where he's, you know, I don't want to spoil it. And, and it kind of all makes sense. I also kind of enjoyed how a little bit adult it was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, about that too. Yeah. yeah, like how a little bit adult it was. And she, you know, when she tells him, hey, I need an hour to get ready. And, and she's there, you know. But you don't like, even wear makeup. You don't, you don't wear makeup. And then he just, it just dawns on him like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, there's something else you want to do for an hour. It, like that, like there was a little bit of humor in there. So that kind of, I really enjoyed the mix of that. That was a funny little, you know, catch. I do like a little bit of humor mixed in with, with my serious books, but it had, you know, so it had a good mix. I liked the, the serious, but the funniness, um, you know, with Diana and Steve, and it was, it was good. It was really enjoyable. Hmm. There, there was definitely some cheesecake going on <laughs> from the male side of the spectrum as well. I'm looking at this page. Of Bruce lifting weights. Yeah, there's beefcake. There's beefcake. I have lost count of how many muscles I've found on this man's chest. Yeah, yeah. There, there is quite a bit. It's a, it's a nice image of Batman. Of course, I'm, I'm yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, in. You know, the veins, <laughs> the river of veins on his arms. Yeah. The artwork is, is it's fantastic. I just, it's just funny. It's funny if you concentrate on it. It's funny. Um, yeah. Absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous book. There were. Uh, 
some pages that almost reminded me there's one page when uh dude face shows up to wonder woman and it just looks like a tarot card you know like the flaming yeah. skull and the, the the horns coming out the tusks or whatever super super cool loved the the steve and and diana and uh i do not know this dude's name sir nunos nunos yeah. Sir Nuno, no, not Sir S I I no C E R. So it's Sir. Sir. See, it could be Sir Nuno. I don't know, but Sir it's Nuno. Sir Nuno. All right. Uh, so I'm gonna go with. I'm it. gonna go with Dude Face, Beardy Man. Okay. Dude Face, Beardy Man, and and his his moment with interrupting Diana and Steve. Oh my God. I thought it was great. I'm using my microphone now. Uh, it reminded me a little bit, uh, of like Jim Henson, or like Labyrinth kind of stuff especially in some like of dark the, crystal yeah, yeah. Like dark crystal ish yeah uh there's some there's a character in this book somewhere toward the back that looks just like a uh, hoggle from labyrinth you're right, right? <laughs> yeah no now that you say it i can totally oh, see there it. He, yeah yeah yeah, I can yeah, totally, yeah yeah he like holds him up and is like you know like what's going on here <laughs> yeah he looks a lot right. like hoggle but anyway i mean that's cool like it really i don't know it's a it's cool to see william sharp going off and doing his things kind of uh i know that he he talked with rocka when he was planning this and stuff like that and uh yeah it's cool it's and it's going to be only six parts so it's in and out kind of thing we could be looking at a really uh epic story from this i love all of these little runs that are coming out uh toward the the later end of of last year and and, and through this year like all these little like even uh the book we're talking about next is only six issues Mm-hmm. so yeah no they've been good yeah it's yeah. well it's like it's it's cool it's it's cool to have that broken up a little bit more i mean it's going to make our job a little bit more difficult when we're doing end of the year stuff but i you know if it, Shh, we're not gonna think about that now no. well, it's, it's it's why we expanded miniseries last year because so many of these things were happening oh we're gonna have to maybe retool the whole the whole thing <laughs> at some point yeah, but we'll figure that out later that's it when I, when I got to speak to liam sharp at the ace comic con out here uh, in December, he had been saying that you know, just what you mentioned, Steve, his conversations with Rucka uh, as that run was coming to an end, that he thinks of this as a continuation of that. He really wanted to continue on with the character. Mm-hmm. And this just struck him as a way to delve into the, the a really deep dive into this Celtic mythology with the, this, the wonderful inhabitants of this world and the various kings and we've got a murder mystery with a with a people are trying to be nice and let a king be a guest and he turns up dead that's that's going to need a, a really top-notch detective to solve that mystery so you go get batman i guess you know mm-hmm. and it's the we you mentioned the uh, adult moment sarah, our friend sarah did have to sort of talk me off the ledge with that a little bit i gotta say no, well, I it's, it was it's funny. Like, yeah, but it's like, oh, really? I, okay. What's wrong and with that? I, I know, but I, I, maybe I want a more chaste Diana. I suppose I'm no. a food. I don't know. She's allowed yeah, to but, get okay, hers. Okay, okay, but that's that's the thing. She's with Steve. That's what doesn't bother me about it. Right. Is that like she, you know, she generally loves him. Okay, so that's that's okay. Uh-huh. It's not like she's yes. being a hua. She's not out like that's you right. know, hey, like, it's not right. some random this dude. Is, <laughs> so that, that I think that's why it's okay. And I was, I, as I said, I was talked off the ledge. And also she mentioned how this character who, you know, dude face goat man or whoever Steve calls him, 
He shows up in his dark crystal uh, sword thing, trident, sort of, with a bug on it. And he's the god of fertility. So all all the the humor that plays out there all makes sense within the context of these characters we're introducing as well. So there you go. Brave and the Bold, number one of six. Super good. Okay. Moving right along, we have a new... Image title, Deathbed Number One, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Riley Rosmo. He's back. Colors by Ivan Placencia and letters by Duran Bennett. This hmm. is the way it goes for Deathbed Number One. When Valentine Richards was in the fourth grade, her favorite grade, she won a creative writing contest. Her riveting story about a flying cat named Mr. Skies, was published in her town newspaper, along with her picture. She was presented with a trophy and everything. That was pretty much the highlight of Valentine's writing career, (laughs) all the way up through several more years of her life, until she is a tired and worn uh, ghostwriter, professionally, who is dying to tell her own original story and can't seem to get out of the shadow of other people. Then when all looks grim, she gets a call from her agent saying that Antonio Luna, some guy she's never heard of sent a Falcon to deliver a message to her agent's desk. It smashed right through the window and dropped a gold brick on it as an advance for the job. So that's how you do things. That makes an impression. So you do it. Uh, Antonio Luna wants Valentine to write his memoir. So she reluctantly takes the job, but she becomes curious about the job when she goes to look Antonio up on the internet and he's not there. How do you not leave some kind of internet footprint? It's just, it's the times. So anyway, she goes to meet with this dude and he's dying And he's like, I want to tell you my story if it's the last thing I do. And turns out that he's not really sick. So in a a flash, as he's basically explaining who he is, he's he's an adventurer. He's gone on on many a mission and has has scuffled with some of the worst of the worst in terms of villains and nightmarish creatures. So he's faking sick. He's faking like he's dying and all of a sudden just whips the sheet right off. Everything's swinging. (laughs) Really? Everything. He just goes to town on like mummies and zombies and these like shadow creatures and all these things that were, you know, ready and waiting for him to die because all of his enemies are hearing that he's like dying his last breath and they want to watch and they want to, you know, finally some sweet release or whatever. And it turns out he's fine, but he's got a story to tell and he wants Valentine there to accompany him. And he's basically going to go around to every one of his enemies and the story is he's going to try to kill them or they kill him and she'll tell his tale. And he promises that it'll be the best tale ever. So that's a lot of what this issue is about. It's kind of hard to talk about it without spoiling a bunch of it. So you're welcome. 
but this is very much a like we're just setting this up with these pages riley rosmo and ivan placentia working together again on this book mm -hmm. it is so much fun to look at it is so gorgeous and and just bursting with personality as well as blood and guts and for from in my opinion both of the characters i think are outstanding and and i can't wait to see where this goes so yep. bob well it's a very interesting setup in that as you say both characters have their own arc as they collide val is she is certainly cynical because of what her own life has been and the whole idea of an adventurer is ludicrous until all heck breaks loose as those demons, ghouls, what have you, have been creeping into the room and little bits and pieces in the artwork sort of behind her shoulder. You want to reach out and go, hey, look behind you. And after he, he really wrecks the room, it's not until you're covered with the blood and insides of others that you know what it truly means to be alive. <laughs> Okay, you want to know the story of a guy who'd come out with a statement like that. I want I'm to thinking. whittle that on some wood and put it above my kitchen. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's just it's just a great line, and and eventually, as there's a there's a, a line from somebody else I won't spoil because it does make some changes. Where Val is, you know, I'm in. Mm -hmm. So so am I. I think so. Oh, yeah. We're good to go. Uh, Jess, what do you think? I'm in as well. Okay. I am yeah. so in, um, it, you know, it, it was really, again, I don't want to spoil anything. I know you, we, you said the same thing. It's hard to kind of go through it and not spoil anything, but I think the setup, it, it left me really wanting to know what's going to happen. Okay. And just, uh, him, you know, jumping up from those sheets and just standing there with that Batman utility belt with it all yeah. hanging out was really quite amazing. But even like, I love like one of the first pages where she's kind of, you know, it shows like her life kind of, and I can kind mm -hmm. of relate to a lot of the stuff in those pictures. Like, you know, she's kind of getting a little drunk that she's trying to do yoga. There's some reheated pizza. She's sitting on the toilet pole with her phone and a cigarette. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, I, I kind of relate to her. She's got a messy bun, um, you know, <laughs> her messy bun, messy bun, getting shit done. Okay. Like that's the way it works. But, you know, Amazing. I totally can relate to her character. Um, I thought his, like you said, the, the two characters themselves seem, awesome so i really think it has a good place to go the setup was amazing for this it made me want to pick up the next issue right away it is on my pull list already yeah <laughs> all right but that yeah uh i i promised you earlier tasty that i was probably gonna go weird with this yes. so uh, as val wanders up to this mansion that that antonio apparently built with his bare hands and and kind of looks at it she you know being a failed writer goes to the the worst cliche opening of all time we all are familiar with it from snoopy it was a dark and stormy, stormy night. night yep now um that that is a very famous opening i mean uh there was there's also a competition it was written by a fellow named edgar george earl bulwer lytton for for a novel called paul clifford in 1830 but for the last 30-something years, there's been a, a literary contest, which the goal of which is to compose the worst opening sentence for, for an imaginary novel. Now, this uh, that line, by the way, opens a wrinkle in time, just for those who have read that book. But, uh, for instance, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to go. 
The sleeping woman grunted and turned over onto her side. At least the snoring stopped, mused Nigel. But why am I so attractive to these hogs? (laughs) (laughs) Flaherty sat there, playing with the bullet they dug from her body, like someone who'd picked his nose a lot as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Where are we going with this? I'm just reading. Oh, these are contest winners. Oh, okay, okay, okay. These oh, they're the winners. These are the winners of the worst opening sentence in, a, in an imaginary novel. Oh. Um, Dick Straith may have been captain of the football team, but why, he thought, should that stop him from wearing his sister's tube top? <laughs> okay. You can look okay. them up. It is the Bulwer-Lytton contest, and you can find... 35 years of that. They even printed a little book many, many years ago, which I happen to have in front of me right now. Some of those are not very good. Maybe They're it was a really nice to tube top. Yeah, <laughs> Just, <you know? laughs> All right. Sorry. Sorry for the digression. It's, right. No, 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 no. I love Weird. Weird is good. Yeah. Weird is, uh, is this, good. And this, if you want this, Weird, this book was weird. Yes. This was definitely weird. This definitely yeah. goes into... I have to say, though, there was a lot of um, male genitalia in the comic books that I've read this week. I'm telling there was you, a ton of it. I read a comeback. It really is. I read a couple books with, with a lot of... There was a lot of it in there. Yeah, the week. last couple of months has been full of peen. It has been a lot of peen. <laughs> so I'm telling you, it's coming back. All right. <laughs> going old school. So... <laughs> apparently apparently uh fox uh is they're still doing a bunch of um x-men and marvel related uh films even though we don't know exactly what's transpiring with the whole disney absorbing them and whatever's going to happen with that but um there's a whole bunch of announcements for this. I think they're they're thinking about shooting an X Force uh, movie real soon. I think maybe as early as like over the summer uh, for a 2019 release. I don't know. I'd have to check on that. But um, New Mutants is apparently getting a whole new character added to it since they had to move the movie back and do the reshoots and stuff like that. So I guess that's pretty cool. But the bigger news, in my opinion, is that Brian K. Vaughn is apparently writing a Silver Surfer movie? Ooh. What? Ooh. And, oh, my God. I didn't even see. Oh, no, no, no. I knew about this. Um, a Doctor Doom movie from uh, Noah Hawley, the guy that does Fargo and Legion. We knew about that, though. Okay. Yeah, I think I heard I about that. But yeah, I don't think I'm still excited about that. Right. No, 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 no. Yeah. I do remember hearing his name attached to that at some point. Oh, okay. Either way, that's super exciting. I mean, it did take this for me to actually remember that that was going on. I think I actually wrote the article for that. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Brian K. Vaughn. It's interesting that they have Brian K. Vaughn now supposedly writing Silver Surfer. I'll believe it when I see it. But uh, Brian Michael Bendis working on the Kitty Pride movie. That they're they're bringing uh, some some major comic book writers into the uh, Hollywood circuit. Will anybody? That, Bueller. Any yeah, thoughts? well, <laughs> yeah, well, that that uh, the Kitty Pride one had a, as you everyone probably knows at this point, movies get oddball little working title things sometimes to hide them. Mm-hmm. Other other times it actually may give something away. I think at one point I saw that the working title was one forty three. Uh, which is a very famous issue of the X-Men. It's actually John Byrne's last issue where 
it's sort of a Christmas issue where Kitty discovers a demon. It's basically her alien story, meaning the Sigourney Weaver Ridley Scott alien kind of thing, mm-hmm. which is odd if the only time you're going to have Kitty is when she's by herself in that little movie, but it uh, could sure work. Or uh, if you get yeah. Ellen Page back, but it could be it could be good. The I think Surfer works without having the Fantastic Four around. Mm. You can tell the Galactus story and the Norn and Zenla and Shalabal and the rest of it, or you could go and then do a second movie with Dawn Greenwood if you wanted to go there. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know how Doctor Doom works without seeing the other half of the equation, which is Reed Richards. Yeah, I don't know. See, like that's the thing. Like we don't know. We have no idea what's going on with all of this stuff. Like even if Disney absorbs Fox or when they do or whatever, unless they find out for some reason that they can't do it once they go through all the tax information and property ownership and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. They could still have access to them by the time that they plan to do this. They might be fast tracking this in order to keep those things and get it done before they have to relinquish all of their rights to these characters. I don't know that, that, that deal is, is historic and, and it's in its magnitude. So when, and if that actually goes through a hundred percent and we're living in a post Fox now Disney world, that's going to be very interesting mm-hmm. to see what comes of that. You know, I was thinking the same thing that a lot of these things are getting pushed forward so that they can so that they can do them as fast as they can, which also yeah. worries me. We talked about this before with, you know, like that we may be happy that Batgirl was shelved a little bit. Like, I'm kind of worried that maybe they are pushing these as fast as can as they can. And they're not yeah. going to be, you know, really great projects, more just to use the rights that they have right now. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. interesting. It is, like you said, it is historic. It's a, you know, really never before seen thing. I mean, they're buying Fox. It's, it's insane. <laughs> you yeah. know, mm-hmm. who knows what's going to happen. Bob, is there a New Mutants character named Pennywise? I don't remember that. Doesn't mean there ain't one. Okay. But that does not strike me as... Except... Yeah. yeah. Um, that X-Force movie, by the way, is... Uh supposedly shooting this fall not summer so that'll be a little bit longer uh and the gambit movie with channing tatum is still uh looking for a director so that's Mm. i don't know it's uh man movie movie business is tough movie business is real tough anyway um sticking with entertainment side of things uh bob i don't know if you've seen this story yet but there's a new Disney Junior animated series coming out based on the Rocketeer. I saw that, but it is a new holder of the jetpack, correct? It is. It is a young girl named Kit who uh, receives a surprise package on her birthday, revealing that she's next in line to become the Rocketeer, a legendary superhero who has the ability to fly with the help of a rocket-powered jetpack. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, I, it's certainly fun for a younger audience, mm-hmm. and probably someone uh, new within in the guise. Isn't there a book out right now though? And I, I couldn't, I can't remember the name of it. I tried to look it up by just saying like Lady Rocket Pack or something, and I couldn't. Mm-hmm. There is a, a book on the stands now where there is a, 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 if not the Rocketeer, there is a female character in possession of this, a similar sort of device. And I just can't remember what the name of it is. Interesting. 
yeah, I mean, it would be cool. I don't know if they're going to be hosted on the same channel. Disney Junior, I believe, is different than um, where uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur would end up. That might even end up on the streaming service that they're uh, that they're launching in 2019. Uh, I mean, regardless, it's fun. Yeah, of of, of yeah. female led Rocketeer uh, could be really really cool, especially for uh, kids. It's, it's aimed kids. at kids from two to seven. And um, each episode of The Rocketeer will feature a pair of 11-minute stories and include an original song. So Nice. Yeah. Sounds cute. Yeah. yeah. That sounds cute. <laughs> no, it does. It's, that's cool. That's cool. You know what? If it puts The Rocketeer into the uh, entertainment stratosphere and it picks up and kids like it and stuff like that, it could, uh, who knows what it could lead to. Maybe other uh, pulpy characters will be adapted for things. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Definitely, the the original movie, the it was the dawn of superhero movies. It was really really well done by Joe Johnston, who also directed Captain America: The First Avenger. I guess it's why he got that gig. The books uh, by Dave Stevens, there were never never enough of those. He passed way too early. But those are gorgeous gorgeous books. Mm-hmm. So recommend those highly to anyone who wants to we talked about great artwork before dave stevens was a master indeed okay so we have reached our main event for this week's podcast the image expo 2018 happened while we were away and whoa there are a lot of books coming from image this week uh we're just gonna go through these super quickly not spending too much time unless we really want to talk about something because we're we're super excited about okay. it but blackbird uh, yeah i think <laughs> yeah. is that the first one yeah Sorry, that's, that's the first me. one yeah it is yeah. but that for me like they describe it as harry potter meets riverdale i'm in yeah you got me bam so this is <laughs> yeah, uh, this is from really nice. sam humphreys and jen bartell are, are going to be presenting this uh through image and yeah, like Jess said, it's described as Harry Potter meets Riverdale. It follows a young woman named Nina who discovers a neon lit world of magic masters in Los Angeles. Now they've kidnapped her sister and Nina is the only one who can save her. So that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Take my money. <laughs> and the, uh, the the sample art for it is is just gorgeous. Really, really, yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, Michelle Fife or Fief? Is a uh, dude that did uh, Cabra is coming out with a oh. book called Bloodstrike Brutalists and uh, Part One. So look at all those pouches. Fief, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fife, I apologize. Well, write, draw, and color three exciting new issues of Bloodstrike. Um, they were also feature backup stories by Chuck Forsman. And Paul Maybury with pinups uh, by Ed Pisker, Benjamin Mara, Andrew McLean, and more. That's cool. Uh, really, really, really dig his his artwork a lot. Uh, I never I borrowed Copra both volumes from Bobby for the longest time, and I never read them, and I just had to give them back to him. <gasps> I know I'm a terrible friend. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so that's Bloodstrike. That's neat. Uh, crowded. By Christopher Sabella, Ted Brandt, Rose Stein, and Triona Farrell. Looks pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm in, I'm definitely interested in this one. Okay. Um, 
uh, uh, here we go. I'll, I'll give you the, uh, the rundown here. Yeah. Uh, in Crowded, a platform called Reaper allows anyone to crowdfund assassination attempts. This parody ignites when protagonist Charlie Ellison is forced to fend off a wave of hitmen with the help of a low-rate bodyguard. Nice. And the art, uh, Ted Brandt and Rose Stein did Princeless with Jeremy Whitley. Mm -hmm. And Christopher Sabella is also very good. The the artwork is it's a car like smashing through the front of a 7-Eleven or something. The Million Dollar Girl and the 1.4 Star Bodyguard, what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a famous old Jack London story that was made into a, a movie in the 60s, sort of a cult classic called The Assassination Bureau Limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Oliver Reed, uh, Kurt Jurgens, Diana Rigg, Telly Savalas, huge cast of all sorts of folks. And this bureau, basically all these very rich guys sit around and people give them money to assassinate other people. And this strikes me as a, a very modern update on that. And I'm in. Uh, what about you, Jess? It looks cool. I will probably definitely check it out. I'm not going to lie. I'm not as excited as the one that said Harry Potter in it. But <laughs> <laughs> We know where your loyalties yeah. lie. Yeah, listen, okay. Yeah, that's that's where I am. But no, it does look awesome. I think uh, actually the next one yeah, is really exciting one, as well. This one is the one. This is this really, yeah, the Dead Guy fan club. Yeah. That sounds really exciting. Do you want me to go? Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for <laughs> it. Guy uh, it's a new series. The founders of a rock star fan club reunite in adulthood to investigate the suspicious death of their hero and involvement of an unhinged member of their old flock. Oh. Sounds very interesting what did she she calls it a weird little black comedy so i'm totally into that i am totally into like a nice good dark comedy mm -hmm. um the art looks beautiful annie woo yeah. annie woo good old annie woo but yeah i smell a new series no i don't know okay <laughs> moving right along that book looks great super super excited for that one okay now we have dead rabbit by Jerry Dugan and John McCrea? McCrea. Okay. McCray. McCray. Yes, you're right. Yep. I'm wrong. Okay. I'm so <laughs> terrible with names. Uh, looking for the thing. Okay. So-and-so uh, team, um, -so team up. Uh, Mike Spicer, colorist, in a raucous series about Martin Dobbs, a hot-tempered, foul-mouthed former mercenary and gun-for-hire who's forced out of retirement with predictably funny and violent results with shades of unforgiven and the equalizer and Robin hood all rolled into one. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So I, I'll say this, the sample art that they provide for it. I really dig the logo. I think the logo yes. is really, really cool and really creative. And I like, I just overall, it's, there's something about the art that they've provided that I'm so in, even if like the synopsis doesn't exactly grab me, this image does. And I will be checking this out for sure. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that logo. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. perfect. It's great. It's cool. It's, <laughs> it's like a, yeah. it's like almost like, um, like graffitied dead rabbit, but like the, the rabbit, <laughs> uh, the two bees make rabbit ears and dude's got like and the bullet hole yeah yeah the bullet <laughs> hole in the head bullet and hole. the guy's yeah. got like uh bloody brass knuckles or or whatever and he's got x's in his eyes it's just neat it's real i, I don't know i'm 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 down i'm down okay this next one ooh 
Bron, this actually caught Bronwyn's eye. Uh, if she was on the the podcast, she'd be reading this one. This is called "Death or Glory" by Rick Remender and Ben Gall. Uh, okay, French super, superstar Ben Gall to bring fans a high speed convoy crime thriller rocketing across the American West that examines our dwindling freedoms and the price paid by those who fight for an untethered life on the open road. Meet Glory. Raised free in a convoy off the grid amid the last men and women truckers fighting um, automation to continue living the American mythology of the open road. Now in order to pay for her beloved, her beloved dying father's surgery, Glory has three days to pull off four uh, four dangerous cross-country heists with mob killers, crooked cops, and a psycho ex-husband all out to bring uh, bring her in or die trying. That sounds... Mm awesome great that sounds awesome i've read some rick remender stuff that i have bounced off of but then i've read other stuff that i fell hook line and sinker for i'm hoping that this is one of those because i i absolutely love bengal and if he's doing like an ongoing or even a limited whatever this ends up being i am so there for it yeah, the art, just the sample art that they put with the beautiful Camaro on the front. Yeah. Of the, yeah, yeah. The, yeah so I, I, one thing I don't talk about is I am really into cars. Uh, me and my husband have been into cars for since we were kids. So, like, I saw this picture and it was so perfectly done, too. It wasn't like a fake car or like a caricature of the car. It was like perfect. I was like, oh, I'm into that. I'm totally into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, even even the even the wheels are done. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. They're perfect. It's perfect. It's it's absolutely perfect. I was like, okay, I could do this because I I have a hard time with that because I am into cars, reading books where they make them look ridiculous or they do you know what I mean mm-hmm. like or they try to draw a certain type of car and it's just not that car. So this this sold me on it. Nice. <laughs> so it's, it's the photo almost. It's so it, yeah. it really is. It it is almost a it's photo. It's all. So the tagline is uh, five thousand miles, four heists, three days. Two psychopaths and one woman who's had enough. So good. So good. Okay. So not long ago, I asked where the hell did J.H. Williams and Hayden Blackman disappear to? Apparently, they've been working on Echo Lands for Image and are going to be dropping this book uh, sometime soon. This, I mean, this looks pretty metaphysical and wild from from the thing that they're they've got here mm-hmm. uh real quick on a world that has forgotten its own history the key to excavating the past is the is in the hands of a young thief who must escape a vengeful wizard and his unstoppable golem mm. <laughs> Stewart on co- uh, colors and letters by Tyler klein and again that's jh williams and hayden blackman provided this thing actually comes out and comes out on time and in a time where I can actually follow it, I'll be very excited about this. Yeah. Coming soon. It says coming soon. It's coming soon. Uh, Yeah. Keep it real vague. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Anybody else? Looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, Definitely. Okay. Uh, Who wants to? The the, the tag is the story of earth's last war starts with hope's sticky fingers. And this is young girl in a, in a cloak with her hands around sort of the glowing Illuminati pyramid top, whatever. And she has this just wonderful smile on her face that somehow manages to have both wonder and menace in it at the same time. Uh, Bob, you want to take the uh, the next one? 
The next one is Farmhand by Rob Guillory from Chew, and he is going to write and draw this all-new series. It follows Ezekiel Jenkins, a family man and new agrarian who returns to his family fields, but these nightmarish crops give a new meaning to ear of corn and fingerling potatoes. <laughs> this has been a story that's very near and dear to me for quite some time, and I'm absolutely thrilled to finally announce it, said Guillory. I can't wait to introduce readers to the wonderful and horrific world of farmhand. That's for July. What does everyone think of fingerling potatoes <laughs> that are made of <laughs> real fingers, apparently? Uh, it, go ahead, Jess. Go ahead. It, it sounds interesting. I will pick this up. This is something that I will pick up and read. I'm not going to lie. It sounds crazy. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm down. Crazy's good. I'm down for crazy. Yeah, the sample art's really psychedelic and really colorful. <laughs> I have not read Chew. I think I've read a portion of the first trade, and then I, I just I couldn't collect it all at one point, and then I, I ended up falling away from it. But um, I'm not only am I excited to read this, but I'm excited to start a Rob Guillory book from the beginning and see where it goes. So, uh, yeah, really, really neat. It's well, I think coming off of Milk Wars, mm-hmm. we're, we're all a little more prepared for psychedelic and weird. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be the year of the weird. I think I'm so. always ready for weird. Okay, there should be more weird. Yes. <laughs> no dead horses, more dragons, and more weird. Okay? Oh, that's... Dude, it, was, it, it was only a couple of pages of dead horses in that Batman book. Come that's on. Just saying that. Right? <laughs> all right. Oh, jeez. Okay. Next up is Juke Joint by T. Franklin and Maria Nguyen, and. Fresh off the buzz for Bingo Love's release on Valentine's Day, Franklin took to the stage at the Image Expo to announce a new project. And it's a five-issue time period horror miniseries about a brothel jazz club exposing the social evils of racism, rape, domestic violence, and inequality. And that'll be out for October, just in time for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Hmm. And they're going to be coordinating special charity variants and all sorts of good stuff like that. It is... A period I'm always interested in, so I'm really looking forward to the next Pretty Deadly, which is set in the same sort of jazz age, 20s, 30s, kind of 40s thing. So T. Franklin, Bingo Love was was really, really good. And so we've got this now coming from her pen as well. So I'm this is on my list. Mm-hmm. How about everybody else? Oh, I'm there. Yeah, I'm in there. Okay. I'm, just all I'm the down. money. We're just going to give them all the money. Okay. Yeah, they're just taking my, my – I should just give them the uh, – you know, credentials for my bank account and they could just take yeah. it all <laughs> and they will give me their books. Now it's interesting. We, in the past, I shouldn't say we, I've, I've mentioned how we had a, a whole run of image for a couple of years where it seemed every new series was not by the numbers, but it seemed as if there was a template and a scorecard they were filling up. We need some dystopian science fiction. We need some of this. We need some of these. This is all over the place this time around, and I'm really enthusiastic about that. Yeah, no, it's it's all over the map. It really is. Like every book, when you when I was like scrolling through this, when I saw this come out, I'm like, okay, okay, <laughs> like you know, like I had like a head tilt every time I went down the page. I was like, all right, this is different, and it, it's refreshing though. It's refreshing to see. I want to see new stuff. I don't want to see the same old stuff over mm-hmm. and over again. So, no. I'm into you want, it. So you want to take this one then? <laughs> oh, this wait, wait, I skipped one. I skipped, I skipped one, um, and I was okay. down at Leviathan. But uh, oh. the last siege, uh, 
Landry Q. Walker is doing this. Danger Club Supergirl. I don't remember what this one was. Uh, oh, it's an ongoing medieval war story inspired by the storytelling structure of classic spaghetti westerns. I'm pleased. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, you know, it, it again, totally on, on, on another opposite side of the map. You go from like a historical piece about, you know, social injustice to, uh, you know, a medieval war story inspired by spaghetti, spaghetti westerns. westerns <laughs> you know. I don't know what else to say. I mean, I think that speaks for itself. Yes, Again, absolutely. you know, more beautiful art, more, you know, more really interesting. I mean, I would, yeah, I'm just going to be broke. You're, you're buying that I'm, one. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just broke. I'm just, there's a sword on it. I, I'm going to buy it. You know, there's castles <laughs> in the background. There's a chance there could be a dragon in there's there. There's no dragons okay? there. <laughs> yeah. There could be dragons in there. I'm good. Uh, you know, again, I'm just going to be broke. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Oh boy! Yeah. All right. Uh, you yeah. want this the next, next one's one, crazy Steve? too. Yeah. I mean, there's a dragon out there. It's Leviathan by John Lehman, Nick Patara, and Mike Garland. It's the Eisner Award-winning New York Times best-selling writer John Lehman from Chew, teaming up with New York Times best-selling artist Nick Patara from the Manhattan Projects and colorist extraordinaire Mike Garland in this new ongoing series that's Godzilla by way of Black Magic. <laughs> a, a group of millennials try to do a black magic ritual for laughs and end up summoning a demonic giant monster determined to kill them all. Now, um, the art reminds me of Jeff Darrow, mm -hmm. who did uh, Rusty and the, the big robot. Why am I mangling the name of that? I know it so well. He did uh, so much work back in the old days in... Just the most detailed thing imaginable. You've got this giant radioactive breathing monster, and it looks as if every scale on his 400-foot body has been penciled in. Yeah. There's it's a lot of detail. It's a there's lot a lot of detail. detail. I don't know. It looks kind of like a dragon to me. I'm going with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going. That was the rules. That's the rules. Listen. Okay. What comes after Leviathan? We a have... Lot Lot of Spawn. Okay, How do we spawn. all feel about Lots of Spawn? Five new Todd McFarlane Spawn projects. I um, think that's fantastic for people that enjoy Spawn. Yeah. I hope you have a great time. I will probably not be tuning into that. Yeah, I'm not a huge Spawn fan, but I did read Spawn Kills Everyone One. Was very funny. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. that was very funny. It was a very cute book. It's drawn very cutesy, and he goes through, and he's kind of like, you know, it's it's very almost like Scotty Youngish. You know, he makes that yeah. Spawn character look like that, and uh, yeah, it was cute. But that's about it that I read of Spawn. Yeah. So it's also medieval Spawn and Witchblade, and then there's Misery, uh, which a new character Misery will help out those innocent people who've been victimized by the evil that has spread across the entire planet. And we have Spawn. Well, okay. <laughs> Why are we announcing it's an ongoing monthly title? It's it's still out there. I guess they're changing the numbers or they're doing something. Oh, because it's tying into the movie. And we have Sam and Twitch, an eight-part miniseries as well. All right. You're up for this next one, Steve. Um, I might have to have you all... Uh read the rest okay. of these off because i am having uh website issues at the moment got it okay did it just 
Come up and block your ad blocker. Yeah. And say, yeah, it did that to me too. It's going to do it to me again. Get out, go out, leave and come back. I'm trying to, um, and I'm trying to, to like do what they're asking. And I just, I, and it's not working. No, yet. I don't see the they option. Have the, CBR it. has this new uh-huh. thing. It wants you to go premium. They just did it to Ooh. me again. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Bob, it you, be it, okay, you still I got, got access it, so. to this, you know. Yeah. Well, I've got Windows Seven. See, it, yeah, it no. works. I'm I'm into this next one too, Bob. Okay. So. Netflix's uh, Miller World titles launched with The Magic Order. Comics Titan Mark Miller, Kingsman Secret Service, Kick Ass, Hit Girl announced that Netflix forthcoming Miller World titles will be published by Image, beginning with his first new project, The Magic Order, which has art by Olivier Coipel. Uh, from Spider-Man and Thor, and is planned as a six-issue mini. We live in a world where we've never seen a monster, and the magic order is the reason we sleep safely in our beds. Do it, Steve. (laughs) I heard that voice come in. (laughs) Now if I do it on purpose, it's going to sound stupid. I'll do it it later. I'll do it later. But I love Uh, your movie movie guy voice. (laughs) Now see, that was was lame. (laughs) That was so lame. But it still cracks me up. <laughs> uh, anyway, magic meets the mob in the magic order as five families of magicians sworn to protect our world for generations must battle an enemy who's picking them off one by one. By day, they live among us as our neighbors, friends, and co-workers. But by night, they are the sorcerers, magicians, and wizards that protect us from the forces of darkness unless the darkness gets them first. I believe in a thing called love. Sorry. Yeah. That's <laughs> also your... Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Not do it. I'm sorry. Somebody else on this podcast that's as ridiculous as I am. I love it. Bob, I'm sorry. I'm totally sidelining Go your ahead, whole Bob. thing here. Go right ahead. Poor Bob. I am uh, dying of heat have... right now. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> it's still about 35 degrees here. So where are you at? I am I am taking off my sweater. Yeah, okay. Okay, okay, Antonio, all right? I'm Let's just, just leave it at the sweater. We got we got a new fireplace down here and everything. I might need to I might need to turn it down. It's also yeah. late. We're we're podcasting right. so late because of the, all the yeah. screw-ups we had with the recording. We've we're lost doing our minds. Fine now. Yes. All right. We've lost our minds. Uh, we have Oblivion Song by Robert Kirkman and Lorenzo De Felici. That's a really cool name. Yeah. yeah. Image Comics partner Robert Kirkman, Walking Dead, Outcast. Uh, they show off this one that's a starting in store March the 7th. Wow. Oblivion song. And that's about it. They don't say that's it. They else. say nothing about it. Yeah. There's nothing. It's just like March 7th written yeah. by all the written by Kirkman. We're good. Just put yeah. it in the store. Yeah. It's, it's like... his company. He can do what he wants. Then there's Proxima Centauri by Farrell Dalrymple, which is a six issue miniseries filled with psychedelic science, fantasy, action, drama. Well, yeah, I'm down for this one as well. There's like a floating cat on an island. I'm, I'm there. Yes, and, like, and, there's, and, there's and a giant a starfish. There's like a huge starfish. It's very psychedelic. He's like, there's like a kid with a sword. I don't know. There's all a, sorts of a, stuff is happening. There's a fly flying on a flying disc or a giant mosquito or something he, going but on. He over looks there. like he's like a mechanical dude. He looks like he has mechanical legs. I'm into it. I'm totally yeah. in. Uh, Proxima <laughs> Centauri follows the teenage adventurer Sherwood Presley Breadcoat, the scientist Duke Herzog. Dr. X, the time traveler, M. Parasol, Shaky the space wizard, and Dog to Hog. Sherwood looking to escape from the spectral dimensional space zone and find a way back to Earth and his brother. And he's got some crew of guys with him. They're all flying on these weird things. And uh, it's yeah. sort of 
black and white with some sepia tone and a splash of color here and there. And this is really wacky looking. Yeah, it's like almost monochromatic, but not because there's like a splash of pink here and like yep. over there. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. Next up is The Red Hook, Volume 1, New Brooklyn by Dean Haspiel, who is an Emmy and Ringo Award winner. And this is coming to print for the first time. I guess it was a digital book or a web comic before. The Red Hook is a super thief who has bequeathed the Omni Fist of Altruism. I want one of those. And is transformed into a superhero against his will, or he will die a year after Ascendant Brooklyn's heart is broken and physically secedes from America to form New Brooklyn. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Oh, sure. Okay, sounds great. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. looks cool. It looks very old-fashioned in a way. And the the one bit of art where you're seeing a Brooklyn Bridge completely shattered with this red character standing on the top, it looks really amazing. So, Next up, Another book by Chris Sabella. It is Shanghai Red by Mr. Sabella and Joshua Hickson. And it's a turn-of-the-century revenge thriller, a story that stretches from the deck of a boat outside Shanghai to the bleak streets and the secret tunnels beneath of Portland, Oregon. I think Mr. Sabella lives there, so he would know. A violent journey of vengeance, identity, and family. I... Don't do many piratey things, but that's a big pirate ship. I do Turn lots of piratey century. things. You just, so there you go. You I do. I do lots of piratey things. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm into the pirate ship. That has me. I'm not like into the whole like Shanghai bit, but like I, maybe pirates. I don't know. I'm, it's it could be interesting. Yar. <laughs> like, yeah. Yar. Yar. Next, we have an original graphic novel with. <laughs> Son of <laughs> interesting, interesting title, The Son of Hitler, by Anthony Del Cole and Jeff McComsey. Uh, Mr. Del Cole is an Assassin's Creed, and he's part of the Kill Shakespeare team. Uh, Jeff McComsey does Fubar, which I know that Sarah was getting Fubar back in the day, so she could, she'll probably be on this one. Uh, newcomer Jeff Moore, and it's an action-packed original graphic novel. It's the never-before-told story of Adolf Hitler's secret child. And how the sun was the key to ending World War II, based on one of history's most intriguing rumors. Interesting. Uh, okay. In 1943, Nazi-occupied France, a rogue British SOE agent recruits a young baker's assistant for a dangerous mission by sharing with him a revelation no one would ever want to hear, that he is the biological son of Hitler. <laughs> yeah, hey. I could, like, you'd like to you avoid the that one. There. Yeah, 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 yeah that's... I'm into this next one as well. I can uh, I do just I actually, the first I have line. access. Can, can I do you the next see it? one? Because that first line, yeah, the please. first line just got me. Yeah. I'm like, yep, I'm in. Okay. And I was commenting on uh, Mirka Andolfo a, a little uh, ways ago, being absolutely floored by the art, uh, unnatural by Mirka Andolfo. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Leslie is a simple pig girl. She loves sushi, and she's trapped in, in a job that she hates. She lives, it's me. <laughs> she lives with Trish, her best friend. In her world, which is full of anthropomorphic creatures, the government interferes in the personal lives of its citizens, up to the point of allowing only relationships between individuals of the same race. The transgressors are punished. They are accused of being unnatural. 
Leslie dreams of something different for herself, but these dreams are becoming dangerous, especially because they feature a mysterious wolf. And when she wakes up, she thinks that she is being watched. Dun dun dun. <laughs> I'm poor. I'm gonna be poor. Okay, that's why I'm All saying this. I'm gonna be poor. The money. <laughs> I was sold on this. I didn't even have to read. I didn't even read the no, synopsis until just now. Just that image. Just yeah. Mirka and Alfo. I am. I'm up for it. And the image too. Yeah. The 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 art yeah, provided. Just that image. Got yeah. Lots of really. That was the thing that sold us on Paper Girls when it was first announced. Yes. Was just this one really striking image and. They're doing that a lot with these. Uh, we have another one here called The Weatherman by Jody. Oh, Bob, help me out. The help. The hoop. The hoop. Jody La Hoop and Nathan Fox. This is a. Uh, oh, shirtless bear fighter. <laughs> oh, man. And Nathan Fox is from DMZ Haunt and uh, Dark Rain Zodiac. With uh, colors by Dave Stewart, Hellboy, and Rumble. What? Local weatherman and fun-loving amnesiac Nathan Bright was just a normal guy living in, living the good life on terraformed Mars. You know, like you do. But, but the past Nathan didn't know he had... Uh, oh, they have some typos here. He had come back to murder him uh, when he's accused of carrying out uh, the worst terrorist attack in human history. An event that wiped out nearly the entire population of Earth. What a jerk. Confused, terrified, and ill-prepared for life as the galaxy's most wanted most wanted man, Nathan's fate lies in the hands of Amanda Cross, the disavowed government agent assigned to his case. Together, the unlikely duo will have seeds picking up now. We'll have to rely <laughs> on each other as they battle their way through the solar system in search of the truth buried in Nathan's lost memory. And the key to stopping the real enemy from carrying out a second extinction level attack, there's also a flying dog. No, there's no flying dog. Well, now I'm in. Um, yeah. Flying dog, just like dragons, <laughs> makes everything better. See? Um... <laughs> It's being hailed as a full-throttle, widescreen science fiction epic about the damage we do in the name of justice and what it truly means to be redeemed. So, uh, again, really, really, really cool art happening here. Um, I'm really happy to see all this cool art, yeah, though. Yeah, so like, am I. It's really awesome to see. I really want to just see good art. Yes. Some new names too, so like many, new to me yeah. anyway. Yeah, and in so many different styles too. Right. Yeah. <gasps> this next one. Yeah, again, this it's just all over the map. It's everywhere. This has gone like, yeah. Oh. These are so different. Okay. I know. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> what's What's the furthest place from here? Is what the book is called by Matthew Rosenberg and Tyler Boss. Four mm. kids walk into a bank. Fame, yo. So good. Okay, they say they're really excited about the book. Da 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 da. Uh, what's the furthest place from here? Tells the story of a gang of young punks getting lost in the wasteland of America. After their youngest member disappears, their quest to find her may put them in a fight to survive against the most deadly terrain, the most dangerous gangs, and maybe even each other. Or maybe not. Either way, they're going to find <laughs> out how the world ended. <gasps> Spoilers. <laughs> The bo uh, Tyler Boss, the <laughs> boss man, 
added that the story uh, and world Matthew and myself have built is dense and hopefully exciting. I've never felt more creatively charged, and I've been putting that energy into every page. I hope that old man Rosenberg can keep up. Oh, that's coming out in November. Yeah, I, I first thing that came to my mind is the old movie, The Warriors. Yep. And then sort okay. of crossed, crossed that with Mad Max. And there was a, there's a, I think it's an Italian horror movie or sci-fi movie years ago called Warriors of the Wasteland. Mm-hmm. And so the sensibilities from four kids melded with this sort of concept. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. I just hope it comes out on time. Well, <laughs> there's that. Yeah. yeah. There's that. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm going to just cross my fingers for that. <laughs> All right. Lots of we have November, so so yeah. much, so much. Really, I'm promising things coming from Image this year. It looks to be uh, just some some unique, original sounding stories, and I'm 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 loving it. I'm loving it. Awesome. Yeah. I've kind of fallen away from from Image for a little while in the last year or so. I would really. I would really love to be kind of one back like whole hog with, with uh, some of their new stuff. That would be awesome. We've been team boom for, for a while now. Yeah. Uh, With good reason, but these are, as you say, they're very, very promising pitches. So let's hope stuff on time books deliver. I think they will. Mm -hmm. Fingers are crossed. Indeed. Um, okay. So we have some listener questions. I think we're going to save them for when, uh, Joey comes back onto the show. He could not be with us this evening because he had something very, very, uh, momentous and lovely to celebrate with a good friend of his. And, uh, he asked for the night off and I granted his wish. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of guy I am. <laughs> Good the, guy, Steve. You, you are good podcast. guy. Yes. You get the hook. He's done. Done in this town. <laughs> fired. All right. He's not fired. I love Joey. No, he's... <laughs> okay. Um, but we are going to save the questions uh, for next time because we it is super late right now. It I is. have work in the morning. I still need to edit this thing. And I just think that the uh, having everybody here will lend to some really cool answers. Okay. But before we go. And before we check out uh, for last words or anything like that, do did anybody write down um, what books they're looking forward to this new comic book day? Uh, I have a yeah. well, I have one that I really know, and it's like Atlas Fall. Okay, it's Hubert Rutfeld and Helga Volt Volk Volk. However, you, okay, I'm terrible with names. We know this, um, but it just it caught me because it said for fans of Neil Gaiman and Tim Burton's The Courts. Corpse Bride and Nightmare Before Christmas. I was like, wow. okay. Mm. And the art is of a little girl, like sitting on top of a grave with like a bunch of black cats with some crazy eyes. What is this Sorry, it's it's Alisk A L I S I K Fall, and it looks really cool. And I'm really all about it. And that will be what I'm reading next week. Cool. We'll hear about it in two weeks. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully I remember that it's there. <laughs> Maybe I'll steal it from you and talk about it next week. There you go. Talk about it next week. I put the, the link in the thing. So. Cool. Uh, Bob, do you have any books you're looking forward to? Yeah. One, well, a couple, because they're coming to an end. America. It's the last issue. And the last 
issue for a good long while for Captain Marvel. Those are both today. Abbott, issue number two, mm-hmm. is this week. I really enjoyed that first issue. And though I'm not sure if I'm picking them up, but I just want to alert people that this week the second trade paperback of The Unstoppable Wasp is out, as well as Crosswinds collected. Ooh. Mm. I'm surprised that hasn't been collected yet. That's coming back soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, on my list, I have from Black Mask a book uh, number one coming out called The Wilds. That uh, the cover of it caught my eye, and I don't have the synopsis in front of me, but it sounded intriguing. I think that I will check it out. I also have Abbott Two on my list. I have the book just just mentioned. Uh, that Labyrinth series that Melissa was talking up a few weeks ago is starting. The yeah, one, that uh, comes out. Oh, telling like Jareth's like off years or whatever the hell it is is it looks pretty cool yeah yeah i uh i admit like every time that i'm like oh my god i'm totally gonna go and pick up this this new dark dark crystal thing because i love that stuff like i never end up doing it but i'm gonna do it this time uh for this (laughs) i have a bunch of them i've just i've they're in storage i've never read them uh batgirl number 20 uh milk wars i believe the final issue which is doom patrol and jla special um number says number one or number two well it's one it's one because it's they flipped the names it's i guess it's doom patrol justice league this time it's justice league doom patrol the last time those cards look at that (laughs) so smart so yeah the last of the milk wars really anxious to see how it all wraps up love love loved getting another chapter of this each week and just after like five weeks or whatever it's good it's done it's weird um provided that the la- the end the landing sticks and i can read it again and maybe comprehend it a little bit more uh that's that's gonna be a very exciting run very very cool story uh mera queen of atlantis comes out uh-huh. uh this new comic book day number one definitely definitely gonna check that out i'm also gonna check out uh terrifics number one coming from dc team-based book uh from jeff lemire that's coming out i'm gonna give that a shot uh america something from image comics called beef number one. Oh yeah i have that on my list too i was like yep yep <laughs> just the name beef? just the name alone beef. i was like i'm picking this up just because of the name it's yeah it's beef number <laughs> beef one number one I'm gonna, beef number I'm gonna one check that out uh days of hate number two of 12 from alesh Kot is coming out rat queens number eight yeah and royal city number 10 are are all on my list and i'm gonna go to best buy and i'm gonna go pick up coco because i still haven't seen it yet oh no i'm i hear it's very good i've had a screener copy of it from work forever and i just can't bring myself to uh to watch it that way i want it in like gorgeous full like 4k animated screen i have a special setting on my tv for it and everything No, I know. Me and Dan bought a really nice TV as well, and now I'm really spoiled. I didn't even want the TV. Dan had to have it. Okay. I was like, he convinced me to buy this TV. He broke me down to the point where I was like, just buy whatever you want. And he Uh, did. I (laughs) bought um... And he did. But I'm very happy he did because it's really nice. So now I'm spoiled. I bought the new new It movie on 4K, and I was like, oh, this is going to be the only movie that I'm going to buy in 4K. Because I don't need anything else, but I freaking love this movie and I want it in the best quality possible, whatever. And then Bronwyn and I went to Best Buy and we saw Blade Runner 2049 and there was the Blu-ray sitting there. And then there was the 4K sitting there. She's like, 
well, it's only $5 more. You don't have to tell me twice. So uh, now Coco. Yeah, and, and it's pretty cool. Like with Netflix, you know, like yeah, they we have, have all their too, stuff yeah. in 4K, you know, and yeah. Um, check out, by that. the way, if you need something to watch on Netflix, like as if there isn't enough. Uh, first of all, <laughs> do not watch the movie Mute. We lasted 20 minutes. Um, I saw that on your Facebook. Whoa, I was like, oh, all right. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. It was 20 minutes and nothing happened. <laughs> it was so melodramatic. Anyway, I we didn't like it. I don't I didn't like it. If you liked it, that's awesome. But I I just I couldn't make it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Uh but I'll tell you what is cool. We actually just finished the first uh 6 episode series 1. There's a series 2, The Frankenstein Chronicles with Sean Bean. Very was it good? It's yeah. I saw it. Yeah, it's super good. It's really really cool. It's uh, Sean Bean solving um, Frankenstein monster like murders, and and yeah. like investigating these these child murders in this small town, and it's like he's in every not in everybody's pocket, but everybody's trying to put him in their pocket. Whatever. Um, really really cool, really cool set designs, and uh, a killer killer um sixth episode oh. was not uh yeah it, it 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 season two gets set up very very nicely um i thought okay so does anyone have any final announcements last words birthday wishes confessions yes sort of okay we have a yes we have a new contributor to our site Ooh. Mike Mike Antonucci, Aha. who I appeared on a, a special edition episode with Mike some year or so ago uh, with Stephanie, and he's a been a journalist for years and years and years, and he has a new column called Comics Mysteries, and his first one involves what might be the first comic book store in the United States, Ooh. and its mysterious history and its connections, and apparently the. Uh, column has already attracted interest from a whole bunch of people involved, including Bud, famous comic retailer Bud Plant has gotten involved in some back and forth on their various Twitters and Facebook pages. So nice. congrats, Mike. Yeah. Great, great first job. I'll, uh, I'll have to definitely check that out. That sounds awesome. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Look at that. Very cool. Moving on up. Okay. We're going to get the hell out of here. Yes, it's getting loopy again. We are getting loopy. We are getting loopy. We are the Talking Comics Podcast. As always, you can send us your comments or questions through our email, podcast, talkingcomicbooks.com. By the way, we recently got an article. An article. I'm really losing it. We got an email. We got a really, really sweet, nice email. It's really cool that every now and again... Have somebody just be like, you know, thanks. Good job. Or whatever. Like, whatever whatever this was, it was really sweet. And it was really nice. And we sent it around to everybody. And everybody read it. And um, I can't remember the gentleman's name. But you know who you are. (laughs) I don't have it in front of me. But thank you. Thank you very, very much. We really very much appreciate. Appreciate all feedback. But that was was extra nice. It had been, you know a hot minute since one of those like really like kind of emails came in and that uh and maybe it's all warm inside yeah made me feel real <laughs> yeah. good let me find oh, it i i did i did answer it so it's around here somewhere good old bob 
Yeah, no, you're right. It does. It does make you feel a little good. Like I've got a couple of, uh, you know, messages on Twitter that, you know, and it was, it's nice. It's like, oh, like, thanks. Like, you know, it's, uh, it's just, it's nice. It is. It's nice to know that feel. we salvaged the show after Mara left. <laughs> managed to, uh, coming up on a year since I've been hosting the show. I think in another, like, mm-hmm. two or three episodes or something it will have been my, uh, inaugural voyage as captain all right we'll have wow. to have a party we'll have to celebrate yeah well <laughs> let's let's all get justice league drunk all right i'm down that could work. All right, well bob's looking for that email we are also on twitter at talking comics don't forget to check out talkingcomicbooks.com for news and reviews and articles about everything all the things tv shows all video things. games comics so much more we also have a whole bunch of podcasts including talking games talking movies valiant adventure bendis assembled and other things as well maybe a new one Ooh, teasing mm. up. Maybe, maybe a new one coming soon yeah. we've had a we've had our first production meeting about something we're very excited about and we'll introduce it in due time. Mm-hmm. So look forward to that. Uh, Bob, have I, you found the name? I, I found it, yes. It's Anthony Guzman, who wrote in to say, Hello, I'm a new listener, and I absolutely love your podcast. Uh, I've learned so much in the short time I've been listening, and I've been longing for exactly this type of podcast. Also, Joey cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> he cracks us all up. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Joey, there's actually more in the letter. I'm, I'm I'm shortening it for brevity since it's it's nearly midnight. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you very 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 much. Yes, thank you, Anthony. Thank you so much. All right, Bob. If our listeners want to get in touch with you, what should they do? Bob Ryer at talkingcomicbooks.com. How about you, Jessica? <laughs> I am at Jarska for all the things, and now you can even find me on Twitch. At I totally thought mm-hmm. you were going to say Vero, and I was going to ask you to explain to me what the hell this thing oh, is. Oh, I am on Vero as well. What? But, um, I am on Vero. Uh, Vero is an interesting thing. It's supposed to be the, the new thing. It's going to take oh, over right? Facebook. I don't know. Just like, um, yeah, just like that other thing that I signed um, up for, and it was gone in like a day. Okay. So it's cool. All right. Sorry. I'm, I'm, but it's cool. But it's not really working. So I... It looks really, it's really aesthetically pretty, very pretty, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and it's supposed to, like, condense everything. It's not, it's supposed to be, like, your Twitter, your Facebook, okay. and your Instagram, all in one. And it's not going, it's going to be fee-based, okay? So it's not going to have ads, but you're going to have to pay for it. But you have to pay the for first, Vero? Yeah, the first million people, supposedly, I guess, are getting this for free. Oh, get the out of here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, so it's some, so I am on Vero, you can find me there. Yeah, Hi. you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm um, on Vero, too, now. <laughs> So I don't have to pay for the crap. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. But it doesn't really. They've been having a lot of having a lot of problems. Yeah, um, because they they're asking people, people. actually pay for it. <laughs> well, not yet. You don't have to pay for it yet. They just can't keep up with the amount of people that are signing up. So that's a problem it, if you're going to have a large social media site. Yeah, like, I didn't need access saying. to Twitter for work, and they asked me for money if I woke up one day and they were no like, way. "Twitter is now nine ninety nine a month." I'd be like, "Goodbye." Nope. I know. See you later. So, you know, I, I mean, I do this professionally. Um, I do a lot of social media work, so I had to kind of check it out, post some stuff, see how it worked. Uh, 
you know, uh, give me a month. I'll give you some more feedback. So. <laughs> the likely story. You're in their pocket. I know you. Yeah, I don't really have any friends on it. I got like five friends. So it's not really the it's okay. Thing. I only have a handful of friends as well, Jessica. It's fine. <laughs> They've all forgotten Please about me back. since I've moved to Canada. Aww. No, that's not true. It's really hard to keep in touch with people when you're a country away and you're an adult and everybody's having kids and you can only visit so many times a year. It's nuts. But uh, anyway, if you want to find more of my depressing musings, you can <laughs> actually know my Twitter. My Twitter feed has been pretty positive. No, you're pretty happy this year. Yeah, I have happy. been making it a point to be mostly positive on my every now and again, something will slip through. But my my I, I actively practice to not be uh, I don't know. I, I, I there's enough of a that. Negative Nancy. Yeah, there's enough. There's enough of that <laughs> going around. Um, and honestly, nobody cares what I have to say about certain issues. Like I, it's just for me, Twitter, Twitter is just, it's such an echo chamber. You ever see, um, the hell is that movie with Zach Braff, uh, garden state when they're in like the junkyard and they're standing on top of the pile of garbage and they're yelling into the void. Like they're angst and everything. They're just yelling it out. That is Twitter. For, for me, mostly, <laughs> mostly. There's some really good stuff on that, too. But, man, you have to sift through a lot of shit to find it. Uh, so, yeah, I try not to. I don't know. I try. But if you want to follow me, I'm at dead <laughs> underscore anchors. It's a party. Um, so for Bob. We're having a good party on Twitter. Uh, good night. Good just good. Good night. <laughs> uh, as always. I am Steve Say. I want you to be excellent to each other. Maybe lend somebody a comic book. And until the next time on the Talking Comics Podcast, to be continued.